Predicting rain doesn't count. Building arcs does. Welcome to the Financial Clarity Podcast, dedicated to helping you make smart money decisions, live your values, achieve your dreams, and get more life from your money. This is Episode 8. Hello, I'm Mark Sinderson, and thank you again for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Today, I'm going to predict the next stock market drop, and then tell you why you shouldn't care about it. And in the fun money segment, we'll talk about the value and fun of trying something new, just because. As always, the show notes, along with any links and additional resources for this episode, can be found at financialclaritypartners.com forward slash FCP008. Now, we can't officially start predicting things until I recite this all-important disclaimer. Please remember that when you listen to this or any other financial podcast, that you shouldn't take advice from me on this show. I don't know you or your specific situation, and you don't know me very well. So please think of this show as just helpful information, tips, and education. Before you make any decisions about your financial life, make sure to speak with your legal advisor, your tax advisor, or your financial advisor. It's just the smart thing to do. What's the market going to do? Well, that's almost always the question of the day when it comes to what most people think about and interact with as far as the world of finance and money go. Now, I still get asked this question by many people when I tell them that I do financial planning. They'll say, oh, you're a financial planner. What's the market going to do? Well, I find this very interesting and a little maddening. Why? Well, because the market has almost zero influence on the day-to-day financial reality for most people. Now, with that statement as a reference point, here's a little bit more recent market history and my prediction for when the market will next market drop will happen. Okay, here is some recent stock market history. Now, I'm using the S&P 500 as the uh, representation of the stock market. It's a pretty widely quoted uh, index. along with the Dow, but I'm going to use the S&P 500 as the representation uh, for the the stock market and its gyrations up and down over the years. So as I sit here, the stock market closed at 2,581.07. Now this was on Friday, October 27th, 2017, which was the last full market day prior to this recording. So 2,581.07 on Friday, October 27th. A year ago, the stock market, represented by the S&P 500, was at 2,133. Five years ago, the S&P 500 was at 1,412. And on March 9th, 2009, which was the bottom of the last bear market, the S&P 500 was at 676. Now, as you can see, 2,581 today compared to 676 
back on uh, March 9th, 2009, which is we're going on almost nine years since March of 2009. That's a big difference. Well, if you take a look at it in a percentage basis, the market has gone up about 278% since March 2009. That's a lot. And that means the market has to drop soon, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Here's my prediction. You ready? Get your pen and paper and write this down. This is my prediction as I sit here in October 2017 of what the S&P 500 is going to do. The market will drop at some point. There it is. That's my prediction. But we have no idea when or by how much. That's my qualifier. <laughs> and uh, okay, so you're thinking, all right, I got my pen and paper ready. I wrote down your prediction and your prediction was that the market is going to drop at some point, but we have no idea when or by how much. Well, that's the best I can do. The market goes up and the market goes down and the market's been up generally, uh, generally up for a large number of years. It's going to drop at some point, but nobody knows when or by how much. If anybody says they know when the market is going to drop exactly on the date it's going to drop and by how much it's going to drop, then I guess their crystal ball is a lot shinier than mine because as far as I know, people can't see into the future. All right, let me give you a little bit of context around what the market has done over the last uh, eight or nine years. The market goes up and the market goes down and when people take a look at markets going down, there are several definitions that they like to use. The first one is a 5% drop. So if the market drops 5%, that's for some people is an indication that the market is going down. Well, the last time that the market dropped 5% was more than 14 months ago. Correction. A correction is when the market drops 10%. Now, the last one of those was more than 19 months ago. Bear market. The bear market is uh, considered by many to be a 20% drop from the most recent high. When did the last bear market start? It was more than 10 years ago. Bull market. Bull market is when people's definition of an extended rise in the value of the index typically 20% or more. Well, we've been in one of those. We've been in a bull market since March of 2009. So we've been in a real long bull market. Now, since 1980, the stock market has, has had positive annual returns, meaning that from January 1st to December 31st of any one year, the market is higher on December 31st than it was on January 1st. Since 1980, the market has had a positive annual return in 28 out of the 37 years. Even though the average intra-year, in other words, within the year, drop was over 14.1%. Now what that means is between January 1st and December 31st, even in years where the market is higher on December 31st and January 1st, within that year period, the market has had a drop within that year of 
or more. This is an average over the last uh, 37 years since 1980. Now, since 1929, the average bear market, now remember a bear market is when uh, the has a 20% drop, when the market has a 20% drop from the most recent high, the average bear market has lasted 24 months and has lost about 45%. But the average bull market has lasted 54 months and given 154% gain over that 54-month period. Now, what does all this mean? All this means is that the market goes up, the market goes down, and it happens on a fairly regular basis, although we don't know exactly when it's going to go up or when it's going to go down. That's why I said my prediction is the market is going to go down at some point, but we have no idea when it's going to start or by how much. But what recent market history, and by recent I'm saying since 1929, so since the, the big market crash of 1929, there's been bull markets and bear markets. And bear markets have resulted in net losses, but bull markets have resulted in net gains that have traditionally been larger than the loss during the bull market. So how do we take this information and apply it in the context of our current financial reality and trying to do the right thing on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis to move us towards our own financial goals and making sure that we can live the life that we want to live and achieve our dreams and, and get more life out of our money. All the things that I talk about here in the podcast, how can we use this stock market information to help us? Well, here's how I would suggest we deal with the facts of the market, and the facts being that the market goes up and the market goes down. First, market gyrations are going to happen, and we can't control them. Whether the market goes up or the market goes down, we have zero control as an individual investor in what those are. We have no control over market gyrations. Second, do not make extreme decisions based on forecasts. There's lots of people chattering about out there right now saying the market has been up so much. We were in the longest bull market or the second longest bull market in history. The market's been up tremendously since March of 2009. It has to drop. And we're forecasting that it's going to drop in 2017 or it's going to crash in 2018. Who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball. So do not make extreme decisions in your own personal financial plan based on forecasts from somebody that is not living your life and does not have your same goals and dreams in mind. Risk tolerance is another thing that we can use to help us deal with the fact that the market goes up and the market goes down. Now, most of you may have heard the term risk tolerance. Well, what is it? Well, there's actually two components to risk tolerance. One is risk tolerance, which most people have heard of, and that's basically the risk you can take in terms of the ups and downs in the market. In other words, in terms of the volatility. There's another component to this, though, and that's called risk capacity. And this doesn't get talked about very much, but basically risk capacity is what is the risk you need to take to meet your goals. And when we take a look at 
uh, working on building out our own personal financial plan, we need to take both risk tolerance and risk capacity into account. So, yeah, I may be willing to accept a large rise and fall in the stock market, but maybe I only need to take a little bit less risk because I'm closer to retirement and I've got a lot of money in the bank that will help me fund my retirement. That's one of the things that we need to take into consideration. And stock market experts, so-called experts, don't consider that at all. That's, that's a personal parameter that is unique to each and every one of us as individuals. So we need to focus on what we can control. We can't control the market, so we need to focus on what we can control. And we can control the goals that we set, how we set those goals, uh, the savings and investing that we are doing on a regular basis to help us move towards the goals, the allocation that we have of our investments, and irregardless, the allocation we have of our investments, irregardless of what the market is doing, whether it's up or down, is the allocation of our investments. In other words, is the money that we've set aside for long term, say 20, 30 years or more, is it divided up properly between stocks and bonds and all that to help us reach our goal? And how about the money that we're going to need in the next three to five years? That's probably not going to be sitting in the stock market. That's probably going to be in a savings account or maybe CDs to make sure that we have the money we need when we need it in the short term. We can also control our attitudes. In other words, don't sit and watch the market gurus all day every day and get either elated and happy or depressed and bummed out because they're saying the market is up or the market is down. We can control our attitudes and how we approach the all the noise that's about us. So focus on what you can control and our attitude is one of the things that we can control. We can choose to have a positive outlook or we can choose to have a negative outlook. And I would say that it's much better to have a positive outlook based on good information and a plan rather than a negative attitude built off of fear and uh, not knowing what's going to happen. Now, how can we pull all this together? Well, we can pull all this together and help us deal with all these things that are happening by building a plan. Now, in the quote I did at the beginning of the episode, that was from Warren Buffett. And he said, building arcs is what matters. And your financial plan is your arc. That's the vessel, the container that's going to carry you through all the ups and downs of the market. It's going to carry you through these rainstorms that everybody's trying to predict. Because you can predict the next storm as much as you want, but if you don't have a container or a vehicle to help you get through the storm, then what does it matter? So financial planning, whether you do it by yourself or with a financial planner such as myself, the financial plan is your arc. That's the container that's going to carry you through the good times and the bad times and deliver you where you want to go at the time you want to be there. Okay, I hope that uh, helps you get some perspective around the stock market and its never-ending ups and downs. The reality is 
we can't control the market. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. We have no way of controlling when it does that, how much it goes up or down. What we can control is the um, the way we approach life and the plan that we have in place to get us where we want to go. In other words, what we can control is the arc that we build to get us from where we are now to where we want to be. So focus on what you can control. Build a plan that reflects your goals, your values, your dreams, and be willing to make adjustments to that plan as life goes on around us. I think that's one of the best ways to deal with uh, the stock market and its constant ups and downs. Okay, on to the fun money segment. Having fun in trying something new. Now, sometimes one of the best things we can do to increase fun in our lives is to try something completely new, completely different, just to mix things up. Now, it's really easy for us to stay in our comfort zone. We do the same thing. We maintain the same routine. Uh, we tend to go through life on an even keel. And we apply this normalcy in almost every aspect of our lives, from our job, where we live, who we hang out with, uh, even to the hobbies and activities and passions that we pursue. There's definitely something safe and comforting about maintaining uh, a sense of normalcy. In other words, an even keel, staying within our comfort zone. On the other hand, there's definitely an, an element of danger or unexpectedness that comes with trying something new. Unfortunately, uh, our inner safer self usually pulls us back from doing new things if we let it. Uh, and instead, what happens? Instead of trying new things, we kind of drift back into our normal routine. Well, I think life is all about experiences, and the more experiences we have, the better. And it's really, if you think about it, it's really hard to experience new things if we're constantly staying in the same old patterns all the time. So to mix things up, really try to focus on trying something new on a regular basis. New experiences don't have to be time-consuming, expensive, or dangerous. They just have to be new. So it's really just a matter of expanding, I think, uh, of us expanding our box of safety if you want to call it that, just expanding that box of safety a little more uh, than before. And when we do that, um, there's going to be some experiences that we try that we don't like and we never want to try again, but there's going to be a few that really click with us and uh, really appeal to us. And as a result, they open up a whole new world that we never knew existed. So here's a couple suggestions. For those of you that are into food and Try, uh, try different restaurants, make a point to go out and try a new restaurant in a part of town that has a name on the front that you can't pronounce or a cuisine that you've never tried before. Just try something new. It might open you up to a whole new palette of flavors and textures that, um, that you've never experienced before. How about if you're into reading? I enjoy reading. Well, that's one of the things I do to relax, and I tend to... to uh, to point myself towards science fiction. Well, what if you're a big science fiction fan like myself? Uh, what, how about trying a completely new genre? How about romance? Hmm, I could think of an interesting title, Fabio in Outer Space. <laughs> the point is, just try, maybe read a book from a, a genre that you've never read before. Who knows, you might like it, you might not like it, but at least you gave it a try. Now, as far as hobbies, you try hobbies or pursuits or passions, 
Try something that you've never even considered in your pre-adventurous days. It could be a new sport or activity, anything that you uh, haven't done before, but maybe you maybe thought about, but said, nah, I wouldn't like that. Go ahead and try it. For me, drawing is that hobby. I've always wanted to try to draw, but I've never really pursued it because I've never thought that it would be any better than able to draw stick figures. Well, I've recently picked up a few supplies, you know, a, a tablet, uh, a couple pencils, an eraser, and a book on learning how to draw. And I'm going to dedicate some time over the next few months to uh, exploring, I guess, exploring my inner Rembrandt to see if I can expand my, my very limited skills beyond stick people. Who knows? I, I might work, it might not. Uh, I'll report back from time to time with my, with my progress on drawing. But those are just some examples. Whatever you decide to try, open yourself up to the experience. Be present in the experience. Try not to prejudge your reaction uh, to the new experience. And just go with the flow. You probably will be surprised uh, with the result. Just some suggestions. Whatever you do, as with everything in life, have as much fun as you can while you're doing it. Okay, that's about it for this episode of the Financial Clarity Podcast. Um, if you'd like to subscribe and receive each new episode as soon as it's released, you can definitely do that over on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to help get the, get the word out about the podcast, I'd really appreciate you leaving a positive review on iTunes, Google, uh, Stitcher. That's one of the best ways to spread the word. Now, I'm always looking for feedback, comments, and suggestions on how I can make this podcast better. So just shoot me an email at mark at financialclaritypartners.com with any ideas, comments, and suggestions. You can also connect with me on uh, social media. You can find us over at uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash financialclaritypartners, on Twitter at, at Mark Sinderson or at Plan with Clarity, and on Google+. Thanks again for listening, and uh, take care. <music>